go to Shop Mr. C online store at www.thecreport.com. Click on store on the top right menu. Use coupon code 1776REBORN at checkout. Thank you very much, and I'm thrilled to be back in the great state of Texas, and I'm thrilled to be back at CPAC. CPAC, Matt. The proud patriots here today are the beating heart of the conservative movement. That's true, the beating heart. It all started for me at CPAC, by the way. I don't know if anyone was there a long time ago, but they are incredible, and the job that's been done is unbelievable. You are the loyal defenders of our heritage, our liberty, our culture, our constitution, and our God-given rights. You never stop fighting for America, and I will never, ever stop fighting for you. Won't happen. Thank you. But let's begin this evening by showing our appreciation to our two wonderful hosts, two incredible people, unbelievable patriots, A family of young ladies that are even more beautiful than they are, I have to say it. They are beautiful. We just took pictures, and it's great to see Matt and Mercedes Schlapp. Great job. Great job. Really incredible. Thank you, Matt. Thanks, Mercedes. And let's also show our appreciation to everyone at the American Conservative Union who helps to put this event on. It's an incredible event, including all of the hardworking activists who dedicate their lives to preserving a thing called American freedom. They're incredible people. Thank you, everybody. We're also grateful to be joined by Representatives Ronnie Jackson, my doctor. Dr. Ronnie. Where's Ronnie? Where's Ronnie? Oh, he was the White House doctor. He was a great doctor. You know, he was an admiral, a doctor, and now he's a congressman. I said, which is the best if you had your choice? And he sort of indicated doctor because he loved looking at my body. It was so strong and powerful. But he said, I'm the healthiest president that's ever lived. I was the healthiest. I, I said, I like this guy. I don't know who the hell he is at the time. I said, but I And he said, I'm going to run for Congress. And there were like 48 people running. I said, Ronnie, you've never done this before. You know, he's a great student in Annapolis, a great everything. Everything he did was great. But he said, I'm going to run. I said, well, let's get you into the runoff. You needed two, two out of 44. And he made it. And then I said, you know, now we're getting close, Ronnie. And let's get you by the rhino. And we got him by that rhino. And... Here he is, and he's great. We love you, Ronnie. Great job. Thank you. Another one who's a warrior, and he's a friend of mine, an incredible man, Ralph Norman. Ralph. Congressman. Thank you, Ralph. Thank you. Ralph taught me a lesson. He was in a race, and it was so one-sided that everybody said, we don't have to vote for Ralph. We don't have to vote. He's going to win by a landslide. So maybe we'll just go out to dinner, and then we'll go back and watch the results. And so many people didn't vote, but he won. And that was the last time that'll ever happen to Ralph. 
Right, Ralph? That was a lesson for us all, but he won. He always wins. And Beth Van Dyne, right here in Texas. Right here. Thank you, Beth. Thank you, Beth. A man who's really courageous and a really great guy, and he loves Florida and he loves the country, Matt Gates. Where's Matt? I'll tell you, he's always working, and he does indeed fight for all of us. For freedom is what he fights for. Lauren Bobert, I heard you speaking, Lauren. Wow. I heard you speaking. That was something. I said, who the hell is that out there? And it was Laura. And uh, she had one of the greatest commercials. She said, uh, yeah, anybody can enter my house. Then she takes out a gun, starts spinning around. But he may not leave the same way. This is her commercial. I said, I don't know who that is, but I love her. That was a long time ago, right? And I can say the same thing for Marjorie Taylor Greene, a real champion. So popular, so popular. Every time we go someplace, they start screaming for you, Marjorie. You know that. Amazing, really amazing. Thank you very much. And you're sitting next to Matt. What a combination those two are. Well, they are something, but they're, they love our country. Congressional candidates. Now, look at this guy. He looks like better than Cary Grant. Do you remember Cary Grant? Today, we don't have Cary Grant. So today, we have Rosie O'Donnell. We have, what happened to Cary Grant and Clark Gable and Errol Flynn? But we have a guy that looks just as good as them. And he's running, and he's going to win. Bo Hines. Bo, where's Bo? Where is this guy? Hi, Bo. Great football player, too. Great student and a great football player. And Kevin Kiley. Kevin, where's Kevin? Great job, Kevin. A man who's one of the hottest politicians in our country, married to an incredible woman, and respected so much in North Carolina. And anybody that sees him or knows him, they immediately say, there's a man that we want representing us. Lieutenant Governor, North Carolina, Mark.
a man who's one of the hottest politicians in our country, married to an incredible woman, and respected so much in North Carolina. And anybody that sees him or knows him, they immediately say, there's a man that we want representing us, Lieutenant Governor, North Carolina, Mark. I hope they don't terminate the tariffs, Tudor. But your father's looking down on you right now, and he is so proud. He can believe it, you know. He can believe it. It's not like he can. He can, because he knew you better than anybody. So congratulations. Go get him. Go get him. She's running against a woman whose husband didn't obey any of her orders. It was, she's the shutdown queen, but everybody was shut down but her husband. He was out there canoeing all by himself. Now, normally you wouldn't consider that a bad thing, but when nobody else is allowed to do it, it's not so good. So I think uh, you're going to have a fantastic success today. Nominee for Michigan Attorney General. Now, I've known him for a long time. He is so tough. People are afraid to even be in the same room with him. Attorney General, he's going to make sure that you're going to have law and order and fair elections and so many other things. He is respected by everybody in that state. Matt DiPerno. Matt. That's an important race. And a person who you just saw, one of the hottest politicians in this world, I think, at this moment, and I think it's going to be that way for a long time. She's incredible. I met her, and almost immediately I said, this one is incredible. I'll never forget, I was in Arizona and a lot of people there, and I was introducing some of the folks, and everybody was bored stiff. And he said, this place is dying. And I'm introducing gubernatorial candidates. And it was like, I said, I got to get through this. This is very bad. There were a lot of candidates. And then I introduced this woman named Carrie Lake, and the place went crazy. Right? The place went crazy. She's an incredible woman. She'll be an absolutely incredible governor, and she'll be looking at everything. They need a good governor out there. They have a rhino who didn't do the job. I'm supposed to say that. That's not politically correct, but I, I'll say it anyway. You don't mind. So, Carrie, good luck out there, and uh, we'll be out there. We'll do a couple of rallies. We'll get 45,000, 50,000 people. Remember when I get 50,000 and Biden couldn't fill up the eight circles, and they said, he won. He won. Couldn't fill up eight circles, and he won. I don't think Gary feels that way. I don't think a lot of people do. That state has such spirit. It's incredible. So congratulations. That's an unbelievable win. Thank you. Good. A friend of mine and somebody who was truly one of the best. He was so brave. He was so courageous. Uh, Ambassador Rick Grinnell. So brave. Great. Another one who's great. He's tough. He's smart. He knows what's happening. And uh, he's really been a friend to this administration, to my administration. And when the other side saw him, and a lot of times he and Rick worked together. That was a duo. When I had a big problem, I'd send the both of them. 
because the other countries didn't have a chance. Up here, they didn't have a chance. And even with toughness, they didn't have a chance. Cash Patel. Cash Cash. Great job, Cash. Thank you, and thank you, Rick. Chairman of the Japanese Conservative Union, Jay Aiba. And also, Glenn Beck. Glenn Beck. So I lost a great friend in, as you know, the Prime Minister. What a great gentleman he was. What a great man he was. We had a, an incredible relationship. There was nobody really like him and the job he did for Japan. So uh, he's right now on greener fairways. You know, he loved golf. And he could play golf, too. He was good. And we had a lot of fun together, but we made a lot of great deals for the United States and for Japan. The relationship was incredible. And he is a man who will be greatly missed, greatly missed. I want to uh, thank you for your incredible support also, because I just walked in the door and they told me I had this straw poll. I just come in, sir, you won the straw poll. I said, I better damn win that straw poll back. Now, and uh, done by McLaughlin. You know, the McLaughlin brothers are fantastic pollsters, so it's an honor. And uh, I guess we had 69% and 99% uh, approval. Why couldn't I get 100? Why? 99. Wow. When was the last time somebody had a 99% approval? That's pretty good. Thank you, everybody. You're the people that voted. Wow. And second place was 24%. And then you had them down in one, and most of them didn't get anything. And not that I want that to happen, of course, but it's okay if it does. And a very special thanks, and I do really appreciate that, Matt, because it's a very, you know, it's very respected that Scrupple comes out and heavily covered and uh, really something. It's, a, it's really where the heart of conservative people in this country is. That Scrupple is a tremendous indicator of what's happening in our country. And a very special thanks for the amazing support from so many conservative Hispanic Americans and the Americano. Media straw poll. I got 81%. Is that nice? 81. With a second place finisher, I don't even know who it is. Second place finisher was at 16%. That's pretty good. So I want to thank you very much. The Hispanic people are incredible. And they have really embraced the Republican Party. I say actually they've embraced me, not really the Republicans. But, but I won't say that because I don't want to get myself in trouble with Matt. But uh, they really are. They're incredible people. They're uh, hardworking, unbelievable. But I've been watching CPAC for years. And as you know, it used to be very divided. You had Ron Paul, and great guy, Ron Paul, a little different, very much like his son, Rand, who I also like a lot. But Ron's a little different, a little difficult, like Rand. Rand can be difficult. But you know, when they're your friend, they're your friend. But you had the Ron Paul people, you had the Bush people, and of course, you had the rhinos. And <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm shocked to hear that.
But now there's a great feeling of unity. You know, when you see poll numbers like that, 99% approval, there was no such thing. There was no such thing. And when you see those numbers, there's a great feeling of unity. Not only CPAC, but I think, Matt, in the Republican Party, I think we have to do what we have to do to bring our nation back, right? So as we gather tonight, our country is being destroyed more from the inside than out. America is on the edge of an abyss, and our movement is the only force on Earth that can save it. This movement right here, what we do in the next few months and the next few years will determine whether American civilization will collapse or fail, or whether it will triumph and thrive, frankly, like never before. This is no time for complacency. We cannot be complacent. We have to seize this opportunity to deal with the radical left, socialist lunatics and fascists, and we have to hit them very, very hard. It has to be a crippling defeat because our country cannot take it. You remember when I was campaigning, and again, we did much better in the second election than we did in the first, by many millions of votes, much, much better. But I used to say, not thinking this could even be very possible, but it always had a chance it will be Venezuela large scale or Venezuela on steroids. That's what's happening to our country. It's not even thinkable. We have to take this chance to shatter the corrupt Washington establishment once and for all. We have to run aggressive, unrelenting, and boldly populist campaigns. Populist. We want to be populist. We want to love our country. That's what we want. And we have to throw off the shackles of globalism and reassert two very important words. You know what the words are? America first. It's a very simple thing. We have to put our country first. We had that done, and we were doing great. If we do this, then not only will we fire Joe Biden, Chuck Schumer, crazy Nancy Pelosi. What was she doing? Everything she touches turns to bad. I don't want to say. Because I don't want them to say, he used foul language, you know? I don't want to say. But it does. It turns bad. Look, two, I got impeached twice. She failed twice. The woman brings chaos. And that's exactly what's happening. What's happened in China right now. What's happening in China and Taiwan with what's going on. She played right into their hands because now they have an excuse to do whatever they're doing. And I will tell you, it would have never, ever happened in a million years under Trump. I can tell you that. We played right into their hands, but we will save our nation and American power. Prosperity and prestige will come back, and it'll come back strongly. Victory cannot come. A moment too soon. You could take the five worst presidents in American history and put them together, and they would not have done the damage Joe Biden has done to our country in less than two years. Sure. The contrast between the Trump administration's amazing success and the Biden administration's breathtaking failure could not be more stark. Let's look at the facts. I got 
Gasoline. Gasoline for cars. Put it in the tank. Thank you very much. $1.87 a gallon. I got it down to... They have it now at $5, $6, $7. A friend of mine from California called me this morning. He just paid $8.55, he told me, California. And you'll follow. You'll follow. It's not even believable. With the help of our great Texas oil and gas workers, we achieved American energy independence, and we were even energy dominant. And we were going to be double the size of Russia and Saudi Arabia combined. We were going to be energy dominant. Now the United States is becoming a beggar for energy. We're begging. We gave you the largest tax cuts and regulation cuts in American history. That's why we had the job numbers. And don't forget, you have not good job numbers right now. They're not counting all of the millions of people that aren't working. If you looked at the real numbers, that 3.5 would be double that. Maybe some people say triple that. The radical Democrats now intend to impose the biggest tax hike. Think of this. The biggest tax hike in bad times in American history. This will be what they're doing right now, the biggest tax hike in the history of our country, the exact opposite of what I did. And they're working feverishly to pile on more regulations at levels never seen before. I asked a lot of the big companies, a lot of the biggest and best businessmen, what's more important, the big tax cuts that I got for the country to get it going? And we never had a country going like we had before the China virus came in. We never had anything like it. And then we did it again. We did it again. We did it twice. The stock market was actually higher. It was actually higher than it was pre-COVID, as they say. COVID, such a nice name. I wonder where they got it. Mitch McConnell got taken for a ride by Joe Manchin and the group. And the great people of West Virginia have been seriously hurt by these political antics. I love West Virginia. I fought for it. I won by 45 points. 45. Joe Manchin has totally sold West Virginia out. What he's done to West Virginia, I don't believe. I don't believe they're going to stand for it. Let's see what happens. And I said this was going to happen. Joe Manchin is devastating West Virginia. Kirsten Cinema agreed to allow this massive tax increase just yesterday to go forward, only provided that Wall Streeters are allowed to keep their current carried interest provision. It's a hell of a provision. In fact, I had it ended, and then I ended up getting so much more for it. I would have terminated. We were all set to terminate. But we got many, many other things for it. They gave up everything to keep it. It's a ripoff. What happened to Manchin and Cinema? What happened? We're trying to figure out what the hell happened. Where did this new philosophy come from all of a sudden? 48 hours. I think if this deal passes, they will both lose their next election. I do believe that. West Virginia and Arizona will not stand for what they did to them. And that includes the races that are being run right now. They're not going to take it. And I told the old broken crow, Mitch McConnell, that this was going to happen. No, I said it. I said it loud and clear. He should have never approved that fake infrastructure deal. Never approved it. He approved that infrastructure deal for trillions of dollars, and 91% of it is Green New Deal nonsense. 
There's only 8% to 9% that's actually for infrastructure. But he said, if we approve this one, they will never come back and ask for more. I said, yes, they will. And guess what? They're voting on it now. So maybe this speech can stop them. Because when Manchin hears me say he's going to lose West Virginia, and I'll go down and campaign against him as hard as anybody can. And when cinema does that to Arizona, and I will tell you, we have a person that I believe is going to be the next governor. I don't think she's going to stand for it. I don't think she's going to stand for it. You know, it's interesting with Manchin. So I got along with him very well. He wanted to know Jerry West could get the Presidential Medal of Freedom. I said, Jerry West, great athlete. Could Bob Cousy get one, too? Yeah, Bob Cousy, great, right? Everybody agrees he's a great. But I got along with him fantastically well. Couldn't have been better. Call me all the time. We had a good relationship. And he said when the impeachment hoax started, I would never vote against you. You're a great president. I will never vote against you. And when we were counting up the numbers, which we won very easily, by the way. But when we were counting up the numbers, I say one Democrat I know for sure will never vote against me on impeachment is Joe Manchin. So they're taking the votes, and he voted against me. I said, oh, he must have made a mistake. Perhaps he didn't know what they were doing. But I said to Mitch McConnell that he will do this, and he will hurt our nation, and he will hurt the Republican Party, and he will hurt independents, and he's going to hurt the Democrats. He's going to hurt everybody. But Mitch McConnell has hurt our party very badly. Should have never happened. And I said it, and I said it publicly when they approved that horrible infrastructure deal, and then they go and they do this. And they're not finished yet. You know, they still have a little time left. But McConnell is the most unpopular politician in the country, even more so than crazy Nancy Pelosi. And, and something has to be done. He raises large campaign contributions for senators, and that's how he holds on to his power. And even I tell some of the senators who I'm very friendly with, which is most of them, you saw the vote. They call, they say, what do we do? You know, all of a sudden they're offered 20, and it's hard for them to raise money. But McConnell will offer them 20 million because he raises all this money and he offers them to many of the senators, not all of them. And they'll call me, what do I do? What do I do? I said, take the money. Take it. It's all right. Don't worry about it. He'll end up where he ends up. Take the money. They need it. But it's not a good thing. And under the Trump administration, we had the greatest economy in the history of the world. We had no inflation. We had no f inflation. It's, it was just nobody could even believe it. They, they wrote books and they're writing books on it. Biden created the worst inflation in 49 years, 9.1%. I believe it's much higher than that, by the way. And it's going higher, costing Families nearly 5000 and now they're estimating six dollars to $7,000 a year. Think of that, $7,000 a year. After the pandemic, we handed the radical Democrats the fastest economic recovery ever recorded, the history of our country ever recorded. They've turned that into two straight quarters of negative economic growth, also known despite their protestation to the contrary as a recession. 
and just hope that the recession doesn't turn into a depression because the way they're doing things, it could be a lot worse than a recession. And the labor force participation is the worst in many, many decades. That's the number that you have to look at. I rebuilt our military, including our nuclear capability, and we hope to God we never have to use it. But I rebuilt it. They had, they had equipment, and they had rockets, and they had bombs that they had no idea if they even worked. They were so old. It's all new or newly renovated. And the power is greater than any power ever in the history of our country, but in the history of this world. And we just hope it never gets used. And we created a thing called Space Force. They smiled at it. Biden smiled at it. And it's turned out to be so important, not, as you know, in Space Force, not for 79 years since Air Force has anything like that been done. 79 years, Air Force was the last one. Now it's Space Force. Remember the first day they laughed at it? Oh, Space Force, they thought they were going to end it. And the public went crazy because you people know much more than they do. They surrendered our strength and our, our everything, our dignity, and turned Afghanistan into the greatest humiliation our country has ever seen. Not the fact that we were leaving, because I was the one that got us down to a small number of soldiers. But we were going to leave with strength and with dignity, and we were going to keep Bagram, not for Afghanistan, but because China's nuclear plants are one hour away, where they make their nuclear weapons, one hour away. It's one of the biggest airfields anywhere in the world. It cost us billions of dollars many years ago. I was going to keep Bagram. And you know who's occupying Bagram right now? China! And the fake news doesn't want to mention it. But the way we left was a virtual surrender. When you leave, you don't take your soldiers out first. You take your soldiers out last. After the Americans get out, and you take your soldiers out after your equipment is taken out. And all of that was happening. This is the most incredible blunder, and the fake news doesn't want to write about it because that's bad for them. Look, you don't even hear about so many bad things. You don't ever hear about them anymore. We created the safest border in U.S. history by far. By far. And now it's the worst border ever in history. There's never been a border like it, and that includes, in my opinion, third world countries, because there's no third world country that would allow millions of people to pour in. They have no idea. Last month, 141 countries were represented, not just your three plus Mexico. 141 countries were represented with people that came in illegally. We're going to be paying a price for this for many years to come in terms of terrorism and crime. We ended catch and release. We deported record numbers of illegal alien gang members. And we built hundreds and hundreds of miles of border wall. In fact, we completely finished our original border wall plan. Despite two and a half years of horrible Democrat-inspired lawsuits and litigation. And I want all of those suits and then we started and we did some job and that gave us these incredible numbers that frankly everyone talks about today. And the number of people coming in, that's not 3 million or 4 million. In my opinion, it would be anywhere from 10 to 15 million people. 
this year, 10 to 15 million people. We have no idea who the hell they are. We then added much more of the border wall, and most of that got finished, too. Three weeks was all it would have taken, three weeks, and it would have been completed, the extra addition that we added. The border was the best ever. Think of it. It was the best ever. I went to Mexico, and I said to the president of Mexico, who I like a lot, he's a socialist, but I even like a couple of socialists in the world, about three. But I said, uh, President, you're going to have to give us 28,000 troops to protect our border while we're building the wall. No, 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 I cannot do that. Not that you have to. No, 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 I cannot do that. And we started a negotiation. A woman from the State Department, good woman, she said, you won't ever get any of these things. I said to the Border Patrol, who's fantastic, by the way, give me your top 10 things. I said, give me your top 10 things that you want. And they gave me 10, and the woman looked at me. She laughed. She said, sir, I've been dealing in Mexico for 25 years. You won't get any. I said, no, no, I'll get them all. I'll get them all. Guaranteed. Guaranteed I get them all. And she smiled. She was a good woman, by the way, but she's been doing this for 25 years. She said, you won't get anything. And what happened is the top representative came in. We met in front of this woman and others. And I said, you're going to have to give us 28,000 troops. You're going to have to do a thing called remain in Mexico. In other words, people can no longer come into our country. You have to remain in Mexico. Hundreds of thousands of people remain in Mexico. And eight other things, which were in many ways probably, Matt, probably worse, right? Probably worse. And I remember he laughed at me. He said, we won't do this. He thought I was crazy. He said, no, you're going to do it. You will. You do it. No, we won't do it. We will not do that. We're not going to give you troops free. We're not going to give you troops. So we're not going to give you remain in Mexico. Why would we do such a thing? I said, because on Monday morning, I'm signing an order that every single car that you make and every single product that you sell into the United States will have a 25% tariff on it. And he said, may I leave the room to make a call? I said, five minutes later, he comes back. Mr. President, we would be honored to supply you with 28,000 soldiers. We would be honored to accept hundreds of thousands of people all over Mexico and remain in Mexico until we check them out. It was uh, pretty amazing. We got all 10 things. It took about five minutes. It took longer to create the piece of paper that he had assigned than it did to win the negotiation. But we don't do that too much. You know, we have a big advantage over China, but people don't know it. We have an advantage over Russia, big, big, but we don't know it. Nobody knows it. They don't know how to use it if they did know it. The border was the best and safest in U.S. recorded history. They've turned it into a nightmare so quickly. The election was rigged and stolen, and now our country is being systematically destroyed. And everybody knows it. And this corrupt January 6th of unselect people, they're unselect. They never comment when I use it. See, unselect committee. But this corrupt group of people, these are the same people that went after me for the impeachment hoax 
number one. Number two, the same people, Adam Shifty Shift, the same people. They look into the mics, then they lose, and then they go into the next one. It's a disgusting. If they'd use the same energy to go and make our country great, it would be an incredible thing. But I don't know if they can do that. But I ran twice. I won twice and did much better the second time than I did the first, getting millions and millions of more votes than in 2016, and likewise getting more votes than any sitting president in the history of our country by far. And now we may have to do it again. We may have to do it again. Thank you. Thank you. It's so sad what's happened to our country. We're like a third world country in elections, and we're like a third world country on airports. Has anybody been flying around lately or trying? We're like third world. But first, we have to win an earth-shattering victory in 2022. We have to do it coming up in November. So to win in this November, this election needs to be a national referendum on the horrendous catastrophes the radical Democrats have inflicted on our country. The Republican Party needs to campaign on a clear pledge that if they are given power, they're going to fight with everything they have to shut down the border, stop the crime wave, beat inflation, and hold the Biden administration accountable. They have to hold it accountable. Job number one for the next Congress. Thank you very much. Job number one for the next Congress and the next president will be to restore public safety. People are walking outside and getting shot in the head because of the radical left's merciless crusade to dismantle law enforcement in America. Our country is now a cesspool of crime, like it's never been before. They've never seen anything like it. Other countries are talking about it. We're talking about democracy. Isn't it great? And then they say, you had seven people killed in Chicago this weekend. You had 68 people shot. That's not democracy. That's not what we stand for. Savage criminals are being released on cashless bail to continue their violent rampages against the United States of America. Entire communities are being torn to shreds with stabbing, shootings, stranglings, rapes, and murders. On that little piece we showed you, did you see the man with the knife in the back? Did anybody see that? I looked at it. I didn't notice it the first time, and I looked at it tonight. I'm getting ready to come on. A knife right in somebody's back. The streets of our Democrat-run cities are drenched with the blood of innocent victims. Gun battles rage between bloodthirsty street gangs. Bullets tear into crowds at random, killing wonderful, beautiful little children that never even had a chance. They're struck and they're killed, and carjackers lay in wait like predators, hunting their prey. They want that car. They're going to take that car. In California, people are leaving the trunks of their cars open 
so criminals don't smash the windows when they try to rob their valuables. They leave the trunk open so that they don't break the car and break the back of the car when they try and steal the tire and what's ever in the trunk. So they just leave it open, take it, but please don't destroy my car. In Los Angeles, burglars are stalking people back to their homes to clean out the entire house at gunpoint. They follow them. They live in Beverly Hills. They live in some nice community. They follow them back, and they go into the house, and they do things that you don't want to know about. And this has to stop, and it has to stop now. We are going to make America great again, but we have to make America safe again first. It's time for leaders who have the courage to say what needs to be said and do what needs to be done. It has to happen. It has to be happened. That's why when I see Tudor, when I see Kerry, when I see the people that are running, these people are not going to play games. They want to bring our country back. They're going to bring our country back. <laughs> to repair the damage from Democrats, Gutting of police forces nationwide. Defund the police. How about that? Defund the police. Now they're saying, well, we really didn't say that. Oh, yeah, they did. And now they're saying it again. Never going to change. The next Congress should spearhead the largest increase in the hiring of police officers in American history, hiring tens of thousands more officers nationwide. Make our city safe. We have to leave our police alone. Let them do their job. Give them back their respect. They know what to do. We have to allow them to do it. You know, when I came out here a little while ago, I have a consultant, and he's a very nice person. He's a rhino. And he said to me, sir, I don't think you should say that last statement. I don't think you should say it's really not good. I don't think it'll be that popular. I said, what? You mean the fact that we should let police do their job? Sir, I think it's probably not going to be received well. I don't care. We have to let them do their job. He's a rhino, but he's a nice person. We'll probably keep him on the payroll, you know. We need to return to the tried and true strategy of a thing called stop and frisk. We have to take the guns away from people that are criminals. Instead of taking guns away from law-abiding Americans, let's take them away from the violent felons and career criminals for a change. And we also need a no-holds-barred national campaign to dismantle organized crimes. These are street crimes. Organized crime today is on the streets, and this administration doesn't want to talk about that crime. They want to talk about what they think are other crimes, and many people say they're not crimes. We have to round up the drug dealers, the gang members, and the dangerous offenders, charge them for their crimes. 
and get them either out of our country and back to where they came from or put them behind bars. If you look at countries throughout the world, there's another thing. Please don't say it, sir. Please, sir. I've been doing this for 30 years, sir. Then I looked at his list of wins. It's not too good, right? Please don't say it, sir. If you look at countries throughout the world, the only ones that don't have a drug problem are those that institute the death penalty for drug dealers. That's right. When I was in China, and until the plague came in, I had a very good relationship with President Xi. We made a great trade deal for our manufacturers and farmers. But after the plague, I don't even talk about that deal. Too much damage done. But I had a great relationship with President Xi of China. Strong man. You could go all over Hollywood. You couldn't get an actor to play the role of President Xi. He's a great guy in many respects, but he... He's not too in love with our country, I can tell you that. But I said very innocently, do you have a drug problem? First time I'm a... And he looked at me like, what kind of a stupid question is that? No, I said, uh, President, do you have a drug problem in China? No, 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 I don't have it. Why would we have a drug problem? I said, well, what do you do? Oh, quick trial. Quick trial. I said, what's a quick trial? Quick trial is... They bring drug dealers quickly to trial. And if they're guilty, it's immediate execution. Now, it sounds horrible. It sounds horrible. It does sounds horrible. But every drug dealer in this country, they say on average, will kill at least 500 people. Some people think it's much higher than that. So you would stop it. And I believe if you instituted the death penalty for drug dealers, traffickers, I believe that drug dealing would go down 50% on day one, 50%. I really believe that. I think, I think it goes down the day you institute it. I'll tell you one thing. If I'm a drug dealer, I'm going to say, no, thanks. I'm going someplace else. And so are other people. In Singapore, you see what's going on in Singapore? Very rich society, very powerful on drugs. They have no drug problem whatsoever. A lot of money, plenty of money to buy drugs. They have no drug problem. They have the death penalty for drug dealers. Other countries likewise. We form blue ribbon committees where we put our great first lady, Melania. She's in charge. We have a blue ribbon committee headed by the first lady and very nice people, fine, fine people, dilettante, socialites. If they ever met a real killer drug dealer, they ever met El Chapo or any of these people, I think that would be the end of them. They'd say, I'm not doing this anymore. But we have blue ribbon committees headed up by great people that really are well-meaning. And we were, and I will tell you, our first lady did a good job. She worked hard. And we got drugs down 19%. That's great. But you know what that is? It's like nothing. And today, it's worse than it's ever been because the border is so open that not only people are coming through and bad ones, criminals are emptying their jails into our country, but drugs are coming into our country at a level that we've never seen before. Fentanyl coming in from China 
You know, I was with Xi and I said, listen, you can't send fentanyl, you can't do it. He was, they were really cutting down. They were really cutting down. Things were going really well. And then this tragedy happened in November, two years ago. Tragedy. It was a tragedy for our country what happened because of what's gone on. All they had to do is leave everything in place. This place was going so good. And uh, they couldn't help themselves. What a, what a sad thing. But when I see these blue ribbon committees, it's just, and everyone wants to get on. Can I get on the blue ribbon committee, says the local architect? Yeah. But they don't know what's happening here. No. You need the death penalty for drug dealers. Drugs will go down immediately by 50% and probably more. But you have to mean it, and you have to mean it. And when you look at China and other places, they don't have a problem. If they had that problem, they wouldn't be doing what they're doing right now. And they weren't. They had this problem many, many decades ago. And other countries, far smaller, were able to invade them and take them over because everybody was suffering from drugs. And they said, we can't do this. So it's not very politically correct to say it. But you'll save millions and millions of lives. Last year, we lost probably 250,000 people to drugs. 250. There's no war. Have you were at war? These are numbers that are bigger than war numbers. 250,000. They say it's 100,000. I say it's much more than that. It's probably much more than 250,000. But you also have destroyed millions and millions of families throughout our nation because of drugs. In places where there is a true breakdown of the rule of law, such as the most dangerous neighborhoods in Chicago, the next president should use every power at his disposal to restore order. And if necessary, that includes sending in the National Guard or the troops. Every American of every background deserves to live in safety and in peace, every American, one of the things that we were saddled with and one of the hardest decisions I had to make when I looked at some of these cities that were run by Democrats going so bad so fast, I wanted to send in the guard. I wanted to send in the troops. And sometimes I did. In Minneapolis, I sent in the troops and saved the place. I was getting ready to send them in Seattle when, if you look at, I guess it was Antifa took over a big portion. You don't read about that too much. Nothing happened to those people, or very little. I think nothing. But they took over a big portion of Seattle. The troops were ready to go in, and they heard that. All of a sudden, they decided to leave. Uh, thank you very much for leaving. But, you know, the president is not supposed to be doing that. The president is supposed to do it at the request of the governor. Well, when the governor was a Democrat, or the mayors are Democrats, they don't want any help under any circumstances. Very much like on January 6th, where I offered Nancy Pelosi and the mayor of D.C. from 10 to 20,000 troops, because I thought the crowd was going to be very, very large coming in, because I felt it. You could see it. And they turned it down. And if they didn't turn it down, and Cash Patel is a witness, right? I think you can, I can say you're a witness. But we have many other witnesses for that. In 10 to 20,000, they turned it down. And had they not turned it down, you wouldn't have had January 6th as we know it. But the president is not supposed to be sending in it at will. 
I think the next time, either we're going for a very quick change or we're sending them in, because we're not going to let Chicago, New York, Los Angeles, Portland. Portland is, they don't even, when the storefronts, they don't even use new storefronts. You know what they do? They just put up wooden barricades now for stores, for the few remaining. Places are burned out hulk, and nothing happens to those people that have destroyed that place, that city. It's also time to take back our streets and public spaces from the homeless and the drug addicted and the dangerously deranged. Because no civilized society can allow this depravity and squalor to continue. You can't let this happen. Places like San Francisco, the backyard of Nancy Pelosi. She, by the way, has a big wall around her house. You know that, right? But it's so bad. It's gotten so bad. People are leaving. Nobody wants to have office space there. Who would want to have an office space when you're walking through a lot of people that are unfortunate and, in many cases, very sick, mentally ill? It's actually dangerous to walk into your office. If liberal, liberals think that it's somehow compassionate, then you're going to have to let them invite the homeless to camp in their backyards, in their homes, and ruin their property and attack their families and use drugs where their children are trying to play. And all of a sudden, that'll stop very quickly. The only way you're going to remove the homeless encampments and reclaim our downtowns is to open up large parcels, large tracts, of relatively inexpensive land on the outer skirts of the various cities and bring in medical professionals, psychiatrists, psychologists, and drug rehab specialists and create tent cities. You have to have it. They have tents right now. They're living in tents with holes in them. You don't have time to build buildings. You can do that later, but you have to get the people off the tree. We have to bring back, we have to reclaim our cities. And now, You'll have people that will be taken care of. We'll have doctors. We'll have everything. We have to relocate the homeless until they can get their lives back and then come back to where they want to be. And we'll bring a lot of them back. They will come back. But right now, nobody's coming back. You have no medical help. You have no nothing. It's so dangerous. Those streets, Los Angeles, is so bad. San Francisco. Every city that's run by Democrats so bad. We want them to succeed. We want people to succeed. But they cannot be allowed to turn every sidewalk and public park into their personal campground. It's so dangerous. As everyone here in Texas knows firsthand, there is another horrific disaster we must confront if we want to restore safety in our country. At long last, we must stop the invasion at our southern border. It's an invasion. Our country is being invaded. Our country is being invaded just like a military force was pouring in. Just last month, an illegal alien here in Texas was indicted for the cold-blooded murders of four elderly women throughout the state, and he's been accused of links to the deaths of at least 24 people. 
24 people, perhaps the deadliest serial killer in Texas history. They're now saying he could be the deadliest serial killer. It's an illegal alien. Earlier this year, an illegal alien fugitive with a prior arrest for aggravated assault and many other arrests viciously shot and killed a Harris County police officer at a traffic stop. No reason whatsoever, none. And in New Mexico last year, an illegal alien criminal out of jail on unsecured bond was charged with decapitating a man, mutilating his body, and kicking his head around like a soccer ball all over the public park. Think of this. Animals. Never forget every death at the hands of a criminal, illegal alien, is entirely preventable. This is all preventable stuff. We remember Kate, don't we? We remember Kate standing in San Francisco with her father. We remember that, a man who came in five times at least and shot beautiful Kate dead. Republicans in Congress must make clear that on their watch, not a single penny of taxpayer money will go to funding Joe Biden's open border agenda. It's a sick agenda. It's a sick agenda. Makes no sense. And some things make sense. You know, I understand the other side. You always have to understand the other side. I understand the other side. Open borders. There's nobody has open borders. It makes no sense. You know, we fight and spend billions and billions and even trillions of dollars defending the borders of countries that are 7,000 miles away, but they don't want to spend any money to defend our border. Makes no sense, does it? Next year, we have to use the purse strings to send a message to every would-be illegal alien all over the world. If you break into our country illegally, you will be caught. We will detain you, and we will quickly send you back to the place from which you came or put you in prison immediately. And we did that. We told people they remember the at the beginning we had these big caravans. We didn't have the caravans, and they already now they're starting at caravans. Nobody's ever seen anything like it. But the Obama administration had a big problem before us because they would bring people into Guatemala, Honduras, El Salvador, and Mexico, lesser extent. And they'd bring them back, and they wouldn't let us land the planes. They wouldn't let them have buses. They wouldn't let them come back into the country. So you'd have the worst gang members in the world, mostly MS-13. And if they came from Honduras, we couldn't get them back. And I had some incredible people in my office, Border Patrol people, guys like also Tom Holman and Mark Morgan. And So many others. These are great people. These are great people. But they'd be in and they'd say to me, tell me, uh, we can't bring them back, sir, because the country won't allow. I said, really, why won't they allow? They won't allow. They don't want MS-13 back in their country. They force them out. They put them into caravans. They force them out. And why wouldn't they? How smart. I mean, you don't have to be. 
They don't want them in their country. So what happens is I said, all right, good. How much money do we pay those three countries? Sir, we pay them $750 million a year. It's a lot of money, right? Peanuts compared to what we pay to somebody. $750 million. I said, that's all right. Put out a notice immediately that we're stopping payment. We're not going to pay anymore. And they said, sir, I don't think it'll work. We tried everything. That's why we kept them here, because we couldn't get them out. That's all right. You let them know we're not going to pay any more money to them. The following morning, I had calls from the three presidents of the country. President, president, there seems to be a problem. Our funds have been cut off. Yeah, they've been cut off because you wouldn't allow these people back that you probably pushed into our country because you didn't want them because they were criminals and they were in jail in many cases. You got to take them back. Oh, President, this was just a minor misunderstanding. We would love to have MS-13 come back into our And they took them back and we couldn't get them out of here fast enough, I will tell you. That's true, Carrie. Carrie will do it. Carrie's going to stop them at the border. There's nobody coming in. Arizona, that'll be a safe place again. This guy Kelly, by the way, he's done nothing. He's done nothing. Blake Masters is going to do a fantastic job, Carrie. <laughs> Kelly's got nothing going. He never did a thing. Never did a thing. We'll also need a record increase in the number of new ICE officers and Border Patrol officers to resume the enforcement of our immigration laws and to deport the illegal aliens Joe Biden is refusing to deport. He won't even, they won't even take out illegal aliens out of our country. In addition, we should pass much tougher penalties for repeat immigration violators, of which there are many of your age foreign national who repeatedly tramples upon the laws of our nation. You should be looking at spending a long time in jail. We can't do it anymore. We can't do it. We're like the poor, stupid people that take everybody, including criminals and some of the worst murderers in the world. As we secure order, another key priority for the next Congress and the next president will be to drain the swamp once and for all. <laughs> to remove rogue bureaucrats and root out the deep state, Congress should pass groundbreaking reform, empowering the president to ensure that any federal employee who is corrupt, incompetent, or unnecessary for the job can be told you're fired. You ever hear that? You're fired. Yeah, fired. Our current appeals process to remove these bureaucrats, people that can really be bad, they can even be thieves. You can catch them stealing large sums of money. You have to go through a three-stage appeals process, which takes on average five years per stage. Fifteen years, you'll be gone. You'll be out of office by that time. In other words, to fire someone who is doing a bad job if the government wins will take more than a decade under the current system. Almost all politicians won't start that process.
because they'll be gone and they know it. You know, a lot of politicians. in Washington, D.C. And we did a lot of it, but nobody knew the deep state was that deep. We did a lot of it. As we take power out of Washington, we also need to take power back from the left-wing lunatics who are indoctrinating our youth. We have to finally and completely smash the radical left's corrupt education establishment, the current system is sick. It's sick. We have the lowest scores almost in the world, and we spend more per pupil than any other nation. School prayer is banned, but drag shows are allowed to permeate the whole place. It's okay. You can't teach the Bible, but you can teach children that America is evil and that men are able to get pregnant. Whatever it takes, conservatives must liberate America's children from the captivity of these Marxist teachers' unions. That's what they are. Where do they come from? We need to defend parents' rights. Think of this. I gave a talk a few days ago, and I was talking about defending parents' rights, and I just said, you know, his parents' rights. I said, can you imagine we're even talking? We are going to defend parents' rights. Did you ever think 10 years ago, five years ago, that we would be fighting for parents' rights? What's more basic than parents' rights, especially parents' rights over their children? We're trying to defend parents' rights. It's so crazy. Across the country, we need to implement strict prohibitions on teaching inappropriate racial, sexual, and political material to America's school children in any form whatsoever. And if federal bureaucrats are going to push this radicalism, we should abolish the Department of Education. And we will keep men out of women's sports. That's another one. And by the way, we have a great person here. Where's our beautiful, great swimmer? Gaines, where's Gaines? Look at, come up here. Will you please come up here? Come up, come up, come up. This is a great champion. And she was beating everybody, and then one day she looked over and said, that's the largest human being I've ever seen. Come here. Come on up. She's been so brave, you know, because a lot of people say you can't talk about it. They told me, 
please don't mention that, sir. It's not politically correct. And I did. About three weeks ago, the place went crazy. It was the largest applause I've ever heard. Come on up here. Look at this. Look at this. understanding to realize that this is blatantly unfair. Um, it's completely obvious. And so I spoke earlier today and I, I said a lot, so I'll keep it short. And I'm just going to say, keep female sports female. Just to show you how ridiculous it is. Look at me. I'm much bigger and much stronger than her. There's no way she could beat me in swimming. Do we all agree? Uh, now, I'd have a little trouble. It wouldn't be pretty. I wouldn't invite too many friends to that one. But, but now, but how ridiculous is it, really? How ridiculous is it? The weightlifters, they're lifting numbers. They're breaking the records by hundreds of pounds. It's ridiculous. And no teacher should ever be allowed to teach transgender to our children without parental consent. At the same time, we need to get critical race theory and left-wing gender ideology out of our military. I had it out. I had it out. The world is too dangerous for America's armed forces to be politically correct. You look at what's happening with China and Russia, but you look at those rockets going up one after another, and we don't want to be politically correct with our military. We got to be tough. Can you imagine George Patton? You know, he had a he had a very strong temper. He was a very violent man, actually. Great general, violent guy. And he'd walk in and he'd be screaming at people. They'd throw him out of the military today because he wasn't nice. Now, we have, to, we have to get back to running things. You know, I had it totally out of the military. I had it out of government through executive order. And you couldn't get the Democrats to go along with it, but it didn't matter. I had it totally out. One of the first things they signed back in was that nonsense, and we can't let that happen. We have to take back over. We have to take over government. We have to run it like it's supposed to be run. We must also win the battle to restore free speech in America. Republicans across government have to be ruthless in going after the new censorship regime. It's censorship. It's worse than it's ever been. I've never seen anything. It used to be even 10 years ago, because I was always very active with different things, and I'd fight the media. I'd, I'd say something dead. You know, you go back and forth, and you win, you lose. You like to win, but you win, you lose. Today, they don't even talk about it. If you have anything to do with the election, they don't want to talk about it. If you have anything to do with certain things, they won't even talk about it. They don't want to debate it. 
January 6th never brings up the election, which is the reason all of those people were there. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to look at the corruption that took place in Arizona and all of the states. You saw in Wisconsin, I was in Wisconsin, and it was an incredible group of people. But the nursing homes, traditionally very few people vote in nursing homes. But in 2020, they had almost 100% of the people voting. And you know how they found out? Because the children of elderly people in the nursing homes were so angry. My father did not vote. He's comatose. He's been sick. He's ready to die. He'll be dead very soon. He didn't vote. Daughters, sons, they were very angry about it. That's how it started. They have Justice Gableman. He came out with a scathing report about how crooked the election was. We should expose exactly what they're doing, what they're hiding, who they're silencing, and who is funding it all, and who is coordinating it. Go out, sign up now, by the way, for Truth Social. It's really great. It's, it's given us a voice. It's giving us our voice back. The list of urgent tasks for the next Congress and the next president is endless, and we do not have to wait. We have to move quickly. We don't have time to wait. Our country is being shot. It's being destroyed. It's something we have to do for the future. The future of our country is at stake. We don't have time to wait years and years. We won't have a country left. What I used to say about Venezuela is true. We have to save the economy, defeat the Biden-Pelosi-Schumer tax hike, which is happening right now tonight. Maybe it's already approved. And I do believe that Manchin and Cinema will pay a big price for it. But think of it. This is the only group they want to do the biggest tax hike in history for Green New Deal stuff. And they're just destroying us when everyone's doing so poorly on top of the gasoline, on top of the bacon, which is quadrupled. And stop the out-of-control inflation that is crushing American workers and families. It's crushing. Never seen anything like it. To bring down energy prices, we have to abolish the Green New Deal. A fake. It's a fake. It's a fake. And, you know, we had the cleanest air and the cleanest water in decades in my administration. And yet, we were producing more energy, more oil, more everything than we've ever done before. Instead of begging for oil from Iran and Venezuela and other distant foreign nations, we should be pumping it from Pennsylvania, North Dakota, Louisiana, and if you don't mind, Texas, if you don't mind. We should once again require able-bodied single adults to go back to work or train for a job in order to receive welfare and taxpayer-funded benefits. We need the workers. We have to eliminate all remaining COVID mandates and lockdowns. And we have to rehire every patriot who was fired from the military with an apology, and we have to give them their back pay. We have to restore America first. We have to go back to the America first foreign policy. We have to be America first. Right now, we are truly America last. We are America last. 
Focus squarely on our national interests, and we have to keep the United States out of these ridiculous, endless foreign wars where they don't even want us. To build on my historically successful trade policies, we need to increase the president's tariff power, and we need to make my China tariffs permanent. We took in billions and billions, hundreds of billions of dollars. No president has taken in 10 cents, not 10 cents. China doesn't like me too much. We need to hold on to our dignity and need to hold China accountable for the unleashing of the virus upon the world. $50 trillion of damage to the world, not us, to the world. And we need to rapidly reduce our dependence on China and other foreign nations by bringing our supply chains, factories, and critical industries back home where they belong, like it used to be. Back to the future, you know, back to the future. To be a strong nation, America must be a manufacturing nation. And we were doing that. We were doing that. Now they're sending it all back to other nations to make for us and to make a tremendous amount of money. We have to protect our totally under siege Second Amendment. It is under siege. And restore the ancient and sacred right to self-defense. I'm sorry. One thing you know, they take away your guns. They're not taking away the guns of the bad guy, are they? They're not going to take away the guns of the bad guy. None of them are giving up their guns. We have to defend our cherished Constitution and uphold our heritage as a society built and sustained by Judeo-Christian values. And we have to restore one standard of justice in America. One standard of justice. So unfair what's going on. The weaponization of law enforcement for political purposes must end. It must end immediately. There is massive prosecutorial misconduct going on right now all over our country, the likes of which has never been seen before. They've never seen anything like what's going on right now. Look at all the people who are in prison or whose lives have been destroyed on January 6th, destroyed. A protest over a rigged and stolen election that nobody wants to look at, while others are allowed to burn down cities and violently and viciously kill people and nothing happens to them. How about that? Prior to January 6th, I recommend it strongly. I mentioned it briefly before, but I have to say it again, that the National Guard or troops be brought in. But it was turned down by the D.C. Mayor and Nancy Pelosi. We would have never had a problem from 10,000 to 20,000 troops. Is that a correct statement, Cash and Brick and everybody? They were all there. Thank you. They were all there. Nobody wants to talk about it. They never bring it up. It's not that they don't. You know what else they don't want to talk about? How about that phony story? I'm sitting in the back of the beast. <laughs> I wasn't sure if I should be honored because I felt very strong. And I had these two big, strong Secret Service guys. If one guy could lift 350 pounds, no problem. And I said, take me to the Capitol. Oh, sir, can't do it. So I grabbed the steering wheel. The commandant. 
And he rebuffed me, she said. He rebuffed. Interesting word. He rebuffed me. Yeah, like this. He rebuffed me. So my hands fell around another powerful guy. Strong as hell. I know these people. These are very strong people. It's just not my deal. And I started to choke him. I felt, you know, when, so when the story came out, some people said, I never knew you were that strong physically. And then I, they said I started throwing food all over the White House. No, I have too much respect for the White House. But that somebody could sort of believe, you know, that you could. But to think that I'm going to be jumping into the seat Grabbing a wheel, being rebuffed, grabbing this big, powerful guy, his neck is like this, and grabbing, I'm going to take him. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Well, we have to put, and, and guess what? The Secret Service put out an announcement, which they never do, put out an announcement that it never happened, which everyone knew anyway. But they won't interview anybody from the Secret Service because they don't want to hear that. And I still see the Times writing about it like it's something that happened. They don't want that. They haven't called anybody from the Secret Service to put them on the stand. It's a disgrace what's going on. It's a one-sided witch hunt that continues and continues. As another example, the sting that they did involving Gretchen Whitmer was fake. Just like those who instigated January 6th. It was a fake deal. Fake. It was a fake deal. Gretchen Whitmer was in less danger than the people sitting in this room right now, it seems to me. And you look to see what happened, and trials are going on all over the place. And I guess a lot of people, too, are being exonerated, aren't they? Huh? They're being exonerated. Finally, everywhere we have the chance, we must pass critical election integrity reforms, including universal voter ID. They don't want a voter ID. They don't want voter ID under no circumstances. We don't want voter ID. There's only one reason they don't want voter ID, because they want to cheat. They don't want citizenship confirmation. We don't care if you're a citizen. We don't want, we want everybody to come and have a vote. Think of it, those two things. No more fake drop boxes. You see the drop boxes in one case. 100% of the vote went to Joe Biden, 100%. And you saw 2,000 mules. I hope everybody saw it. I saw a... I saw... I looked at this movie. Then I saw somebody being interviewed by Fox, unfortunately. Somebody named Sandra Smith. And they talked about this whole scam. Don't forget, the cameras have them. And these are government cameras. Some of them were discarded by people illegally. But these are government cameras. The government. And they talked about it. Well, they saw it. They saw the stuffing. They saw everything. Looking up for the cameras, the way they came in. They have it perfectly on tape. And she looks and she goes, oh, that was debunked. It wasn't debunked. How did they debunk it, Mike? They didn't debunk it. There was no debunking. It was debunked. So what's debunked? They have it on camera. Well, the woman in Georgia that took the massive number of ballots from under the dress of the table, right? And now 
government's apologizing to her. Oh, how could she have been so horribly treated? It's very interesting. That one's a very interesting one because remember they said there was a water main break. A water main break. Everybody out. They don't talk about the real facts. Everybody out. You got to get out. They all run out. Then a couple of, a short time later, a small group comes back in. They go right for the table. They don't go back to the machine where they were, which would be more normal. They go right for the table. The dress, they lift that dress up. They grab that group of ballots, thousands of them, putting them in again and again. And then they said, nothing happened. Bill Barr didn't want to be impeached. He didn't want to be impeached. How do you not get impeached? Nothing happened. I thought the election was fine. The rather respected Bill McSwain, you know, the, the, the respected U.S. attorney from Pennsylvania, McSwain, called me, wanted my endorsement because he was running for governor. I said, I wouldn't endorse you for good dog catcher because you didn't. And I didn't like saying this because you didn't do what you should have done, which is go into the election court. Sir, I wasn't allowed to. Why? Bill Barr wouldn't let me. I said, put it in writing. He did. He wrote me a letter. I put the letter up, but they don't want to print the letter. A very strong letter that Bill Barr would not let him look into corruption fraud. In Philadelphia, one of the most dishonest election places in the country. In Detroit, the single most dishonest, they found nothing wrong. It's a shame, but we want no private money pouring into local election offices anymore. Think of this Zuckerberg. He put in $417 million, Matt. $417 million. And Matt knows because he was involved in Nevada. Matt wasn't really, you know, he was sort of on the edge. He could have gone either way. And then he got involved in looking at Nevada. He said, this is the most corrupt thing I've ever seen. But we had a Democrat judge. He refused to even look at the case. The case was ironclad. He looked. This case is over. It's a shame what's happening to our country. A shame. Our goal should be same-day voting with only paper ballots. That should be our goal. Only paper. You know, France just said... France, which is a pretty big country, just had 55 million people vote, all paper ballots, all same-day voting. By 10 o'clock in the evening, the election was over. And the person that lost didn't go around complaining. It's on to the next one. I'd much rather do that. I'd much rather do that. But that would be the worst thing that could happen to our country. Because we have to have honest elections, or we have to have borders, or we don't have a country. And if we do all this, if we stop the crime, secure the border, save the economy, defend our culture, and take back our democracy, then America First conservatives will be rewarded with a governing majority that will transform American politics forever. We're at such an important point. The radical left will be banished into political oblivion. We will save our freedom. We will save our children, and we will save our country.
But the task will not be easy. Together, we are standing up against some of the most menacing forces, entrenched interests, and vicious opponents our people and our country has ever seen. A friend of mine recently said that I was the most persecuted person in the history of our country. And then I thought about it, because I didn't have time to think much, because I'm always being persecuted. <laughs> and I felt, you know, he may very well be right. What a terrible thing. We had, think of it, a Russia, Russia, Russia scam that was covered religiously by the fake news media, even though they knew it was a fake. They knew it was fake. They knew earlier than anybody. It turned out to be a concocted fairy tale made up by crooked Hillary Clinton, the Democrats, a sleazeball writer named Christopher Steele, and a coordinated effort. This could only happen to me with, of all places, you know who coordinated? Russia! They were the ones that were involved with the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax on me. Then I had impeachment hoax number one, impeachment hoax number two, the Mueller investigation resulting in a verdict after two years of no collusion with Russia. You know, during the very early part when I came down the escalator with our great first lady, who, by the way, is very popular. They love our first lady. Great style and great heart. But when I came down the escalator, started early on, young people would come up. You might have heard this story. I've told it a couple of times, not much. But young campaign were, sir, it's such an honor to meet you, sir. Oh, someday I want to be president. Sir, can I ask you one question? Yes. Do you have anything to do with Russia? I said, that's a strange question from this kid. Then a month later, somebody else would come up. Sir, it's an honor to meet you. Sir, do you have anything at all or any knowledge of anything that happened with you in Russia? No. And I was so innocent. You know, it was so crazy that I didn't even take it seriously. But after about the fifth time this happened, sir, do you have anything to do with Russia? I said, what the hell is going on with Russia? And they made up a phony story. It was a concocted story. And it really started as a way to shift blame for the fact that Hillary Clinton and the Democrats lost the election. But then it got carried away, and the press loved it, and it kept going and going. But I tell this story with a very heavy heart, because I have a son who's a very good guy, Don. Very, very good guy. He's a good person. Sometimes he comes across a little rough, but you know what? He's really, he's just a good person. And think of this. Adam Shifty Schiff and these people, they made up this hoax. They knew it was a hoax. And I saw him at the microphones one day saying, Donald Trump Jr., the son of the President of the United States, will soon be going to jail for what he did with Russia. Think of this. He's saying that my son, my beautiful son, my child, is going to go to jail. And he knew it was a hoax. Wants to put my son, destroy my son. And he knew it was a hoax. And it continues to this day. These are evil people. These are sick people. Think of that. Right? Kimberly? 
Who has been through anything like this? Certainly no politician and definitely no president. All of this while I was doing so much as president, including creating the most secure border in American history, record tax and regulation cuts, $1.87 gasoline, no inflation, low interest rates, record growth in real wages, record growth in our economy, beating China and Russia and everybody else, rebuilding our entire military, rebuilt our entire military. You know, our military was falling to pieces. We have jet fighters that were 44 years old. You've heard the story where the grandfather flew them, then the father, then the son. The historic Abraham Accords bringing peace to the Middle East. <laughs> Jerusalem and Israel, much, much more. And now we have the January 6th Unselect Committee of Political Hacks and Thugs, like Schiff. Think of that, though. Think about how would you like to be a father and watch this guy? Not a stupid man. He's a psycho, but he's not a stupid. And he does have an oddly shaped head. It's shaped like a watermelon. Right? No, he's a psycho. And he acts like so sanctimonious. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry to report Donald Jr. will be in jail for what he's done. And, they, and, and he knew it was a hoax what they do to destroy lives, and they're destroying the lives of many other people right now with that same thing and that same sickness and thinking. But it's the very same people who perpetrated the lies that I was an agent of Russia. Me, I'm an agent. I'm the worst thing that ever happened to Putin. Look what he's doing now. He's knocking the hell out of everyone because he has no respect. That would have never happened with me. Would have never happened. It was an amazing thing. I had to listen to this. You know, with Russia, I put the biggest, I put the biggest charges on every one of their people. But what did I do? I stopped. I stopped Nord Stream 2. Nobody ever even heard the term Nord Stream. That was, I found out. But I stopped them. And I stopped them. Why did I stop them? Because I thought it was a terrible thing for our country. It was a terrible thing for Europe. I told that to Germany. They all smiled. Very famous now. Germany was smiling when I was at the United Nations saying, this is a terrible thing. All you have to do is look at the last 200 years. It's going to happen again. We could end up in World War III because we are being governed by incompetent people. Could happen. And this war will be worse than any war ever because we have weapons the likes of which nobody has ever seen before. But you say, where does it stop? Where does it end? It probably doesn't stop. Because despite great outside dangers, our biggest threat remains the sick, sinister, and evil people from within our own country. <laughs> Never forget everything this corrupt establishment is doing to me is all about preserving their power and control over the American people. They want to damage me in any form so that I can no longer represent the hardworking citizens of our country so that I will no longer get a 99% approval rating from CPAC. I heard Matt protested. He said it can't be eight. It came out at 98. This is a story. I don't know if it's true, but Matt will tell you someday. He protested. He said, that's ridiculous. It can't be. So they went back and they checked all the facts and it went from 98 to 99. Is that a true story? And that was McLaughlin. You know, that's a great, legit firm. That was McLaughlin. 
He said, can't be that. It's too hard. It doesn't look right. Well, check it again. 99. But they don't like that. The other side doesn't like that much, man. And the fake news media is totally complicit in all of these things that are happening. If I renounced my beliefs, if I agreed to stay silent, if I stayed home or if I stayed in my basement, the persecution of Donald Trump would stop immediately. That's what they want me to do, but I can't do that. And I will not do that because I love our country and I love the people of our country so much. Thank you. I'm not doing this for me because I had a very good and luxurious life. You know that, Kerry? I had a very luxurious life. What the hell did I do? I got a racist attorney general in New York that's been after me for years. She campaigned on the fact, I will get Donald Trump. She doesn't know anything about me. I will get him. Terrible people. These are terrible people. I built a great company. Now they're finding out this was a great company. Great company. Actually better than they thought. Much better. But I do it for you, and it's my honor to do it. It's my great honor to do it. Because if I don't, our nation is doomed to become another Venezuela or become another Soviet Union, which is where we're headed, or become a very large-scale version of Cuba, where all is lost and there is no hope. But no matter how big or powerful the corrupt radicals we are fighting against may be, no matter how menacing they appear, we must never forget that this nation does not belong to them. This nation belongs to you. This is your home. This is your heritage. This is your country that your American ancestors won with their own courage, defended with their own blood, and built with their own hands. From the jagged peaks of the Rocky Mountains to the gleaming waters of the Great Lakes, from the majestic valleys of California to the beautiful hill country of Texas. From the stark prairies of the Great Plains to the banks of the Rio Grande, which is under siege also, isn't it? And from the magnificent skyscrapers of New York and Chicago and L.A. to the beauty right here of the storied Alamo. We inherit the legacy of generations of American patriots who poured everything they had into the nation that they loved. They scaled the summits, they forged the rivers, they crossed the sweltering deserts, brave blistering winters, conquered an unknown wilderness, and settled the great frontier. They laid down the railroads, they built out the highways, and they turned tiny villages towering into great magnificent buildings of iron and steel like nobody had ever seen before. They did it all to make America into the greatest and most exceptional nation in the history of the world. 
But now we are a nation in decline. We are a failing nation. We are a nation that is hurting very, very badly. We are a nation that has the highest inflation in over 40 years. And where the stock market just finished the worst first half of the year since 1872. Likewise, we are a nation that has the highest energy cost in its history. We are no longer energy independent or energy dominant as we were just two short years ago. We are a nation that is begging Venezuela, Saudi Arabia, and many others for oil. Please, please, please help us, Joe Biden says. And yet we have more liquid gold right under our feet than any other country in the world. We are a nation that is consumed by the radical left's Green New Deal. Yet everyone knows that the Green New Deal will lead to our destruction. We're a nation that surrendered in Afghanistan, leaving behind dead soldiers, American citizens, and $85 billion worth of the finest military equipment in the world. And we are a nation that allowed Russia to devastate a country, Ukraine, killing hundreds of thousands of people. And it will only get worse. It would never have happened with me as your commander-in-chief. And for four long years, it didn't. And China with Taiwan is next. Would also never have happened. We are a nation that has weaponized its law enforcement like never before against the opposing political party. We are a nation that no longer has a free press, no longer has a fair press. Fake news is all we get, and they are the enemy of the people. We are a nation where free speech is no longer allowed, where crime is rampant like never before, where the economy has been collapsing at a rate that few have ever seen where more people died of COVID in 2021 than died in 2020. We're a nation that is allowing Iran to build a massive nuclear weapon, which they are incredibly being allowed to do right now, and I had it stopped. And China, to use the trillions and trillions of dollars it has taken from us prior to our administration, and it's happening again, to build a military that will more than rival our own. And just two years ago, we had Iran, China, Russia, and North Korea in check. And they weren't going to do a thing against us. And everyone knows it. And perhaps most importantly, we are a nation that is no longer respected or listened to around the world. We are a nation that in many ways has become a joke. We are a nation that is hostile to liberty, freedom, and faith. We are a nation that allows men to play sports on women's teams and to dominate them. We are a nation whose airports are a disaster, whose flights never leave on time, and whose passengers are stranded all over the country. We are, in many ways, a third-world nation. 
We are a nation whose economy is floundering, whose supply chain is broken, whose stores are not stocked, whose deliveries are not coming, and whose educational system is ranked at the bottom of every single list. But we are not going to let this continue. Two years ago, we had the greatest in our nation. We had something that was so incredible. We had the greatest people in our nation fighting like they'd never fought before. They had spirit. They had hope. But we will soon have that greatness again. We will soon have that greatness again. America's comeback begins this November, and it will continue onward with the unstoppable momentum that we're going to develop on November 2024, because that's going to be, that's the big one. We are going to keep on working. We are going to keep on fighting. We're going to keep on winning. And we are going to get our country back. As long as we can not lose our spirit, our movement will never be defeated. This is the greatest movement. My God, this is the greatest movement in the history of our country. Greatest in the history of our country. There's never been anything like it. Probably you could say it's the greatest or one of the greatest in the history of the world. And it's interesting because sometimes I'll make a comment and I'll be challenged so strongly by the fake news. But they never even challenged me on that. I've never been challenged. I look at them right now. A lot of, a lot of viewers watching. They've never challenged me. It's the greatest movement in the history of our country by far. And it will only get stronger with each passing day. And with the help of all of you here tonight and the millions of patriots all across our land, we will make America powerful again. We will make America wealthy again. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. God bless you all. The Sea Report and all the shows on this podcast channel are 100% listener supported. We don't have corporate sponsors. We don't have independent sponsors. Our sponsors are you, the listener. So if you like the work we do and like what we have to say and contribute to the world of news and information and entertainment, please show us your support. Make a monthly donation to help sustain future episodes at anchor.fm slash the sea report. Your support is greatly appreciated. From 99 cents per month to 4.99 per month to 9.99 per month. Every donation counts and every bit helps. Show your support for the sea report and other shows on this podcast channel by visiting anchor.fm slash the sea report and thanks y'all
voice. So to every parent who dreams for their child and every child who dreams for their future, I say these words to you tonight. I am with you. I will fight for you. And I will win for you. about Georgia. Uh, President Trump truthed about this earlier. Ballot images missing, right? Drop boxes with no video. And Disney's like, well, we don't care about that. We're going to die on this hill. We're going to be gay and we're going to rape our children no matter what you say because we are Disney. Uh, we don't normally run see in the dark uh, during the week. Uh, for those of you who are wondering what the heck is this bald band talking about, uh, you know, multiple broadcasts and shows come here on Mr. CTV channel. Uh, so you've got your C-Report Monday through Friday in the evening hours, right? And uh, we do See in the Dark, which is a late-night weekend talk show kind of, you know, broadcast, right? So guys, watch out. we got a swamp creature coming to the screen. So look out now. Look out now. Woo! <laughs> oh no, it's wretched Gretchen Whitmer! 